Welcome to Rough Girl Turned Redeemed, a podcast where real, raw, and relevant truths on faith, marriage, and motherhood are discussed. I'm your host, Stephanie Holbrook, just another Rough Girl Turned Redeemed. Let's jump in. Good morning, ladies. Um, It is Tuesday morning, and y'all, I dropped the ball yesterday. I was going to have a wonderful author on um, and share her with y'all this morning, but y'all, I I was exhausted and I went to sleep at 7.30 last night and our interview was at 8. So I have messaged her and begged forgiveness and I'm just praying that she'll still agree to come on. She's pretty awesome, so I I don't doubt that she'll she'll understand and, and, and I'll have her on at some point. Um, so this morning I was going through my little notebook that I have where I write out the messages that I share on Facebook on Brave and Beautiful Mamas. And one of them that I came across, I just, you know, flipping through, I'm like, okay, God, I got, give me something because I've got to share a message. It's Tuesday. They're expecting an episode. And I landed on this one after reading a couple of them. I just really feel like it is a... Uh, a fitting one right now for the season of life that I'm in and I I needed the reminder so hopefully it'll bless you as much as it does me um so the title of it is wait just wait w-a-i-t and I wrote the weight like w-e-i-g-h-t of weight w-a-i-t is heavy it is it's a heavy weight to carry the weight of waiting, right? It can either crush us, leaving us moaning and complaining, or it can be comforting, kind of like a weighted blanket, right? Me and my husband, we sleep with one, and I can say sleep has been better since we've had it. But why does God make us wait? You know, He is outside of time. But it's not that God is making us wait for Him. God makes us wait for us because when we're waiting it gives us time to draw near to him in prayer it reveals what our true motives are are we wanting or doing the thing um for god's glory or do we want it for ourselves right um waiting builds patience uh patience is one of the first words that's used to describe love in first corinthians thirteen four. it says love is patient um and in scripture some of the people with patience or without patience, uh, we have Sarah who ended up rushing into wanting to be a mother. And so she gives her, uh, her maiden Hagar over to her husband, Abraham. And just for the record, uh, I think it's kind of messed up how Abraham was like, show baby, you know, he didn't even try and put up a fight. Like he was just like, Oh, you want to give me your maiden? Okay. I'll go sleep with her. Like he wasn't like, no baby, I don't want to have a baby with her. I just want to have a baby with you. You know, uh, you know, he failed that test in my eyes <laughs> because I'll be testing my husband all the time. Not exactly with, okay, go sleep with this woman, but Oh, do you think she's pretty? And you better. You better respond. Not as beautiful as you, baby. That's right. But anyways. <laughs> but Sarah, with her maiden, her, uh, she gave her maiden over. Her maiden ended up hating her. And not only that, but the son, Ishmael, that he had with the maiden, ended up mocking Sarah and, and her son that she actually had with Abraham, right? 
And then we have Saul, King Saul. He lost his kingship because he was impatient. He didn't wait on Samuel to come and give the offering to the Lord. He went ahead and did it himself. Um, And then we have, you know, the parable of the prodigal son. He lost his worldly inheritance because he didn't want to wait to receive it. But waiting is so important. Okay, waiting builds anticipation, which in return leads to thanksgiving and appreciation for the things that you have. Right. I think of uh, my kids when Christmas comes and and my kids, they know they know the whole Santa Claus deal. And so they know who um, is bringing the gifts in. And so we put the gifts out early. And that whole month, yes, it can be so annoying to hear it every day. Mom, can we open a gift? Can we just open one? Just just let us open one. But that anticipation that builds, seeing that thing, that they, they don't know what's inside the gift, but they know they've got a gift, right? It builds that anticipation. God is doing the same with us, ladies. We know deep in our hearts that God has got gifts and something good planned for us but we don't know what's inside that gift and it builds that anticipation right I think of people in the Bible with patience you had Jeremiah right the popular verse that he shares is followed by storms all right where you know it says that those who hope in the Lord wings of the eagles but it, it, it followed that is is storms okay uh, Noah Hello, the ark. I mean, he ended up, I mean, think of just the years. I I, I, I looked it up. I probably should have looked it up again before um, recording this. But I think I read somewhere, like it was 100 years or something, or 66 years, 66 or 100 years, something like that, of him building the ark. Think of the patience that took, ladies, because everybody said he was crazy. Could you do that for 66 years? Heck, could we do that for six years? Let's make it smaller. Could we do that for six months or six weeks? Heck, just doing it for six days seems so hard when everyone around us is telling us that we look crazy and that we sound crazy. We're waiting for something that's never going to happen, right? But he still, he put in that, he put in that time. He was patient and he built because God told him to. Uh, Hannah with her son, right? She goes to the temple. She prays. Once again, people thought she was crazy. The the priest in there, he said, why are you drunk? And she said, I'm not drunk. I'm grieved. And then with her patience that she had, coming and praying to the Lord, even though God blessed her through it, right? And not only that, but she turned around and gave her son back. Can we say that we would do that? When we pray, when we wait, when we're in anticipation for something, and God finally gives it to us, do we stop praying? Oh, ladies, how many times have, I mean, I have seen it, and it grieves, it just grieves me so bad when I see uh, women who struggle with infertility or, um, a man who really needs, he really wants to get this job. And God delivers to their prayers. God answers according to their prayers. And of course, it's always according to his will. But then they just stop. Once they get that thing, that's it. They don't go to the Lord in prayer. They're not praising his name anymore. They get that, they they hold that baby. Or they get that job. They get that promotion. And that's the end of it. They go back to the worldly ways. They're not devoting 
and giving that child over to the Lord. And I don't mean like how Hannah did, like taking the baby, weaning it, and then dropping it off at the temple and saying, all right, here you go. You got you a baby. Here's you a servant. No, but do we pray with our children? Do, do we continue that lifestyle? Or are we just kind of using God as a genie and rubbing that bottle, right? David. Oh, King David, y'all. One of my favorite characters of the Bible, hands down. I'm going to sit next to him in heaven, I hope. (laughs) But David, I just, I can identify with him so much because God told him, you're going to be king. He anointed him. And then he went into the wilderness for, they, they think it's from 15 to 20 years. And he had to look at Saul and run from Saul. And the whole time, he still was being patient. Right, he didn't. He could have very well ran in there. We we've seen multiple times where he could, he had the upper hand on Saul. He could have killed Saul, but he would not raise his hand against the Lord's anointed. Right? Do we do the same when we know God has called us into ministry, or we know when God has uh, called us to do something, whether it be ministry or not? <clears throat> do we? automatically look at the person who's sitting there and go well that is my throne like that is my seat you need to get up and move no we shouldn't do that we should wait patiently draw near to the lord spend time in prayer spend time in his word get to know god more because that's what david did while he was out in the wilderness he was praying he was getting to know god god was preparing and shaping him in the wilderness for the throne right Waiting transforms character. Maybe God has you waiting because you're not ready. Have we ever thought that? I mean, really think about that. You know, we think we are ready. God, you have said it. Give it to me. Let it happen. But perhaps we're not ready. Very well, we we could not be ready. We think we are, but we're not. God needs you to be totally dependent on him. Moses... Moses had to take the people into the wilderness for 40 years. God had him wait for 40 years with the people, wandering around. And he still didn't even get to see the promised land. Okay? God wants us to be totally dependent on him. God had to have the Israelites totally dependent on him before he would allow them to come into the promised land. That waiting builds intimacy, okay? I have a pig, (laughs) and her name is Zoe Pig. Y'all, when I first got my pig, she was wild. I could not get her. I brought her home, and the lady told me, she said, make sure that you put her somewhere where you can get her because they're fast, and it takes about a week to two weeks for them to imprint on you. So before they actually go, okay, you're my mama, I'm, you're my safe place, I'm going to stay with you, they're going to be wilding out, right? Well, y'all, I got this pig home. She was a little bitty old thing. I mean, I'm, I'm showing with my hands and y'all can't see me. <laughs> but she wasn't maybe six inches long. Or no, she was probably about eight inches long. She didn't stand six inches high. I mean, she was a teeny tiny little thing. But y'all, that little thing was fast as soon as we got home I set her I set the kennel down on on the ground and I opened it up and I went to get her and I held her and I gave her to my daughter who I had gotten the pig for um 
And so my daughter holds her for maybe like two seconds. And little Zoe squeals. And I don't know if you've ever heard a baby pig squeal, but that thing is loud. I mean, it'll pierce your eardrums just about. Well, because she screamed, my daughter got scared and, and let her go and dropped her. Y'all, we could not catch that pig. She just ran around the yard as a little bitty old thing. I mean, she ran around two weeks. I couldn't get her. I mean, I could not get her. With me and my husband, um, we ended up going to Spain. And she was still running around the yard. Like, we had a vacation, a European vacation plan. But there was no, okay, we can't go because it's a pig. We can't catch the pig. So, and I knew it was going to be freezing when we left. So, I was so scared that she was going to freeze to death. So, we left and went to Spain. Well, my brother ended up catching her, right? While they were housewarming. Or, not housewarming, but house-sitting. And um, so, when we came back, she was in... He had caught her and put her back in the kennel. So, she had been staying in the kennel for the whole week we were gone. Or, at least a couple of days while we were gone. Um, because he didn't catch her the very first day. But, anyway. So, we get back. And she is still just as wild as can be. So... We have a chicken coop. Well, I took her out to the chicken coop. And my husband, well, actually before I got her in the chicken coop, my husband was able to get, like, turn the kennel up and then reach down in there, grab her, and put a collar on her, like a little dog collar. And I don't know if you've seen pigs, but they've got these little jowls, and the collar can't slip up over those jowls because they're just so big. So he was able to put a little collar on her. And then he hooked a, uh, like a, a running rope to her, like a lead rope or whatever, a leash. I wouldn't say really a leash, a yard tie, I guess. Um, and so we had her, well, we put her, I mean, she acted a complete fool, flipping, flopping, you name it, like a fish out of water, crazy, like lunatic. And I was like, why did we do this? This was a horrible idea. This thing is crazy. It is wild. There is no taming this wild pig. Or piglet. And even though she was tiny, you were scared of her because she was loud. <laughs> so we get her and I and I take her out to the, the uh, chicken coop and I locked her up in there. And I walked off to go get her some feed. And I actually came back and I mean, she was just blood curdling screaming. And I was like, oh my gosh, what has happened? Well, I get in, I get close to the coop and I can see that she has done stuck her arm up inside of the collar. So she was pretty much choking herself um, because she had her little leg in the collar. And of course, she didn't want me to get anywhere near her. But I was able to grab her. Even though she only had three legs she was running with, she was still fast. But I was able to get her. And I just, I just remember I held her close. I held her close to my heart, held her close to my chest. And I pulled that little, I pulled her leg out from the collar, and I took the collar off of her. Now, mind you, we're still in the chicken coop. She's, she's locked up. She can't get out of the chicken coop. But I just sat there, and I just held her close to me and let her hear my heartbeat. And she knew, and y'all, pigs really are super smart. But honestly, all that weight, like I had to let her get to the point to where she was struggling, and she couldn't fix it herself. To come in so that I could come in and save the day. Because y'all, after I did that, Zoe, like, she thinks I'm her mama. She follows me around the whole yard. We've had her two years now. Um, she th Well, one, she thinks she's a dog. She loves belly rubs. But it took her being in a place of panic 
and struggle for her to rely on me. And then when she saw that I came through for her and I protected her and I saved her, then she loved me. And that there was an intimacy there. There's a bond that was created in that struggle. God, I mean, it's just a it's a wonderful picture to me of how God does the same thing with us, ladies. We, we wonder, well, why is God allowing me to struggle with anxiety? Why is God allowing me to struggle with depression? Or, you know, why has God allowed my baby to die? Y'all, we live in a fallen world, okay? Sin has entered in. God hates when those things happen. He does not like seeing his children struggle. But if them struggling brings them to an intimacy with him it brings them to him to rely on them on him he will allow it okay you think that's cruel no that's love because what would be cruel is if god left us to be able to do everything by ourselves to never struggle to never go hey i think i i need this god i need something bigger than than what i am guess what would happen to us y'all we'd sail right into hell Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever that struggle is, give it to God. Let Him be present there with you. That was something that I struggled with, y'all. I struggled with anxiety and depression. And every time I would have an episode, I would just cry out to God, God, please remove this from me. Take this pain away. But it wasn't until I realized that it was not a death sentence delivered by God, but an invitation to invite him in, to draw nearer to him, to become more intimate with him. Because y'all, when I'm struggling, when I'm in anxiety or I'm in a depressive episode, one of the first things I do is I pray. I go to my father in prayer and I cry out, Abba, Abba. Or I go to the scripture and I learn and I read of his, his, love, his love letter to me. And there is a joy that comes in that intimacy. All the waiting, all the struggle, all of that is for a reason, ladies. Are we willing to open our eyes and see it? Are we willing to see him? Because that's the whole reason for it all. It's not all in vain. Don't let your pain be in vain. Let there be a purpose behind that pain. Give that pain a purpose. Don't let it be just this mark on your body or or on your, the stain on your life. Turn it into something. Do something with it. The very thing that Satan tried to destroy you with, hit him in the face with it. Give it over to God and watch what God can do with it. Because when I said, God, I know you're not, you're not removing this. For a reason. There is a reason that I am still living with this anxiety and depression. And when I gave it over to God and I said, God, you use it. Give a purpose. Don't let this pain be in vain. I started writing. I started speaking. Women started coming out of the woodwork saying, me too. Women started turning their lives over to Christ. It was all worth it. I do it over a million times. I still do it over a million times because it's in that struggle that my Savior comes through. Let him in, ladies. Let him in. I made an acronym. At least I think it's called an acronym. (laughs) 
But for wait. Wait. What does it stand for? Willfully abiding in trust. While we're waiting, are, are we willfully abiding in trust? That's what we need to do, ladies. When we're in that waiting season, willfully abide in trust. All right, ladies, that's all I have for this week. Uh, If you haven't, leave a review if you love it. Subscribe, and we'll see y'all back next Tuesday.